0: Program contains mature subject matter,
1: including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbilly, and the excitement of the
2: prices rise. Right.
0: It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers.
2: Viewer you discretion advised.
3: I would like, if I may, to take you. On a strange journey.
4: I'm giving you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can.
1: You maniacs! What is a man?
5: When we are successful,
3: we will be. We had a real chance with this no new world
5: of
6: Our next guest is a truly fascinating gentleman. He happens to be 93 years old, and he is the father of public relations. In the course of his 70-year career, some of his clients have been presidents Wilson, Hoover, Coolidge, and Eisenhower, Thomas Edison, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Enrico Caruso. It's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Edward Bernays. Hi, Doctor. Good to see you. Come on up over here. There you go. Let to see it right here. Thank you very much for being here. I mentioned uh, to the people how old you were. I hope you don't mind me telling them that. And, and what, kind a of a, what kind of a doctor are you? What, what is well, your
3: let me say, first of all, that everybody has five ages, and they don't match. I happen to be 93 chronologically. Right. But I'm 61 physiologically. Mentally, I don't know. I suppose I'm 45. hmm <laughs> And societally, how I adjust to other people, Uh I wouldn't quiver. If I saw poor Mr. Reagan, I'd say, hi, Reagan. And emotionally, I won't tell that to anybody.
6: So now you you won't tell your emotional age to anybody? No. Will you tell yours? Well, uh, uh, based on your statistics, I've passed on weeks ago. (laughs) I'll accept that. It was a lovely service, and I'm sorry you couldn't be there. But uh, <laughs> All right, now, uh, doctor, what? Uh, tell me again what the doctor is. What are we dealing with? Well, you the father of uh, public relations. What we're dealing
3: with, really, is the concept that people will believe me more if you call me doctor.
6: Oh, I see. <laughs>
3: Actually, I am doctor because two universities gave me honorary degrees. Mm-hmm. All right. One yeah. was Boston University. Yeah. And the other was Babson College.
6: So you're making the most of those degrees. Uh, well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, public relations. You've been doing it for 70 years. Who were some 72. of your... 72. 72. Who were some of your early accounts? Who did? Who were clients of yours back in the very well, beginning?
3: in the very beginning, Procter & Gamble was one of our accounts. Mm-hmm. They had a white floating soap called ivory soap. Right.
6: It, that's, that was the selling point. It would actually sort of float in the bathtub or wherever you were bathing, I guess.
3: That's right. And they came to me one day and said that mothers... Uh, washed the faces of the children and they hated soap because their eyes were stinging from the soap and that when people grew up, they wouldn't use any soap because they get conditioned in childhood, according to Freud, my uncle.
6: So you get ahead of yourself, but it's true, your your uncle was Sigmund Freud.
3: (laughs) And so we made a research made a study and we found a sculptor, Brenda Putnam, who used soap instead of wax in developing her sculpture. Mm-hmm. And it then occurred to me that if we could develop soap sculpture competitions, I went to a psychologist and he said every child has a creative instinct. If we, if we got some sculptors to be judges, and had soap sculpture competitions for children in different age
6: groups. That would get them accustomed to using the that soap. That would get them did it, did to love work? soap. Did it work?
3: only accustomed to it. The fascinating thing to me was that after the first year, 22 million children were loving soap, and the <laughs> sale of soap just went
4: Well, if you say so... You'll find no doctorates or soap here. And this is episode 29 of Behind the Schemes, January 14th, 2021. How are you doing tonight, Monty?
7: Uh, Excellent, sir. Weather is actually really nice today. It's been freezing all week, but I could. It's all relative because, in comparison to Minneapolis, I I imagine I'm in heaven probably.
4: (laughs) Funny enough. Uh as we speak, we're supposed to get ten inches of snow tonight on top of the uh three or four that we already got earlier this I, morning.
7: I have yet to see even one inch this year.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty for like the first uh I don't know, first spin out on your car. The next ones just get kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just fish tailing down the lane. Thankfully nobody's uh driving out because it's so fucking snowy outside other than that it's not been too bad good but uh what'd you think of that opener clip
7: uh i think we obviously need more soap competitions you know it's kind of funny too i i'm always a fan of hand soap washing too Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got after reading this gentleman's bio and all the books he wrote and stuff like that. Obviously, he was a uh, a huge figure in like uh, controlling crowds and uh, and the narrative of what people believe to understand.
4: Yeah, that was Edward Bernays, uh, fabled nephew of Sigmund Freud, father mm-hmm. of modern day public relations or in truth denying circuits propaganda. Yeah, uh, He's got a book out there I, I'd really like to read it I don't have a copy of it yet
7: uh, I was going to say I, I just had his bio up He's got like four or five books published I, I
4: think yeah. I think the book is specifically called Propaganda but I, I might be brain farting On that
7: No there's one it was published in 1928 Propaganda yeah. There's a there's also crystallizing public opinion Before that and then public relations In 45 and then The engineering of cons uh, consent in 1955
4: engineering of uh wait content or co- uh consent
7: consent i'm sorry yeah i mis- uh, said that consent i wanted to say content so bad but it was consent <laughs>
4: <laughs> manufactured fucking consent
7: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: well uh speaking of manufactured consent uh malachi and i kind of talked on this on the last one but um you got any uh, thoughts or takes on the six and what we can expect for the next couple of years?
7: Uh, not initially, at the top of my head. Like, wh- wh- what did you guys uh, discuss already, I guess?
4: Uh, pretty much the events, what happens, uh, what the immediate responses were, uh, whether or not the protesters broke in or were let in.
7: Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I've definitely seen some conflicting video where it, I've seen one videotape where it definitely appears the cop definitely let him in. I just also don't see how people could get in there without being let in either. It's it's, it's they definitely were assisted because I mean, best believe. Like if that was like any other kind of group, like I say, if it was like exclusively, I don't know, like even like Proud Boys or Black Lives Matter or whatever this and that group. I, I just can't see that happening without a bunch of people getting tased, shot, you know what I mean? <laughs>
4: yeah, but to turn around and look at the media's response, and I, I'm including social media, and that's uh, kind of the direction we're going to go with this uh, next video. Okay. But you would, you would think, given the general response, that this is the Biggest, baddest group of heinously racist super soldiers that are coming to steal away the democracy. And um, one of the things I don't really remember if we touched on it or not, the Wikipedia entry for domestic terrorism for a while. I don't know if it's changed now at this point, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh, the picture for the article was of uh, Antima, the there was the grandmother who had the sippy cup. Okay. Carrying a little polyester American flag. And it was her photo that was adorning or, uh, um, adorning, the, the <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> entry.
7: Nice. Yeah, I saw another one too. Uh, this popped up on my Reddit uh, of essentially uh, a husband recording while they're inside the Capitol. And then his wife takes off her mask for a split second, and then he tells her to put it back on, and then he still uploads that video, basically calling him and her out, telling on themselves. And it's just, come on, man, just edit that out. Yeah, it
4: definitely looks like they've been cracking down on them pretty hard. A bunch of them have been rounded up so far.
7: Well, there's people ready to snitch on them, I feel like.
4: (laughs) I have seen that in real time. Um, Mm -hmm. People I know, and it's... uh, it's disturbing i think that's part of the reason why i've just been so off kilter feeling like i'm out of orbit is
7: like what's next what's gonna happen where's well, next crackdown uh, coming
4: it's old malachi it's like we've reached that point in history people are calling for roundups again
7: <laughs> definitely feels that way in a certain sense uh, you- uh, I don't know, this is just such a unique presidency, too, so the people that passionately follow him have, like, a, definitely a, a backlash like no other we've probably seen in just so long.
4: Yeah, and there's a, there's a healthy dose of just blatant hypocrisy. Um, there's a supercut oh, yeah. super cut of uh, all of these stupid lizard fucks just calling for more protests, pushing it harder. Um, you know, kick people's asses in the streets. That's what they deserve. I I, I just, I, I can't, I can't fathom it. You know, it's just, this propaganda has reached this point where, you know, it, it, it's, you're not even turning a blind eye. You, you, these motherfuckers can't see it. And maybe that sounds self-righteous to say, Maybe. We're suffering from it, too, that we have been over propagandized on our on whatever side, the (laughs) side of denying truth is on. (laughs) But that it's very disappointed in the way social media went down for the following couple of days.
7: Well, yeah, I, I imagine you're referring to the parlor takedown as well.
4: No, I've I've never touched it. No, I never had any interest in it. And I just I, I can only imagine the sort of people that would navigate there. And while I think that they should have a space to congregate, my take on it is why would you want to banish people that you don't agree with to the you know, completely out of the room? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to know what they're saying? Wouldn't you want to be able to keep track of like keep what it in they the
7: open. Are where they are.
4: Yeah. And now well, Amazon. Well,
7: maybe that was part of the problem, though, because wasn't Parler not taking people's data and selling it?
4: Uh, as far as I'm aware, they their data got breached in some uh, some capacity, mm-hmm. and all the their profiles and information is uh, someone's got it. You know, maybe it was just a fucking honeypot.
5: <laughs> right. Maybe it was
4: made to draw people that. Um, would have been banned off of Twitter or didn't want to have to deal with the censorship or the bullshit through uh, social media. I I just... I I don't don't understand anymore at this point. Um,
7: Yeah, the the tricky thing about social media, too, like, for better or for worse, I I just always feel like there's just always going to be this just overall lack of accountability because, like, there's just never... Even, even like the same thing, like on Reddit, which is okay with its moderation of subreddits, but even even with that going on, I I just feel like there's just always there's just always going to be like an influx of users or people, whatever you want to call it, and it's just it's just super hard to keep track of what people are saying and doing, and there's just always going to be. This one corner where it's like, oh, you guys are spewing racial stuff, or oh, you guys are organizing hateful shit, or that's, oh, you guys are sharing child pornography. Like,
4: <laughs> well, in a in a fucked up sense, I, I do. I I'm not sure if you're talking about parlor, 4chan, or Twitter. Uh, Twitter has been the most blatant. Yeah, as, as far as it know, can be any of them spewing hateful racist rhetoric. Facebook still um, does. <laughs> I know, but it, I'm, I'm saying this more from just this uh, super leftist ideal, ideological driven warfare, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Uh, like that, uh, that editor for the New York Times. Um, God, I'm blanking on our last name. But then we got the uh, <laughs> he was legal counsel for PBS. uh We've, we've played some Project Veritas, or you've heard some Veritas stuff, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, here's this lawyer.
1: Anyone buy names? We'll go through a lot of Republican voters, and Homeland Security will take the children,
2: uh-huh.
1: and we'll put them into re-education
2: camps. Amen. In these times, which are unique,
1: it's unique, so, so, it's close to midnight.
3: What are we gonna do if we don't like it? Then we'll have a white house and throw
1: Molotov cocktails.
4: So uh, the dude's name is Michael Beller. He's a principal counsel for PBS. <laughs> uh, the Project Veritas video says PBS is funded in part by U.S. tax dollars. It says on their website that it proudly serves the American public. Uh, <laughs> and Veritas adds, we have our doubts.
5: <laughs>
4: <coughs> but there at the beginning, he's calling for, uh, for enlightenment camps and uh, goes on to mention about Rounding up the supporter or the children of these supporters. Uh, (laughs) and this is a rhetoric that I saw echoed on Facebook or excuse me, feedback. At least I don't, I have a Twitter, but I use it primarily to lurk or Mm -hmm. keep tabs on some stuff, but I don't actively engage with it. Um, yeah, I mean, and then the, the, the violence, too, with the Molotovs. With the Molotovs, are nothing new from last year, at least. I mean, I I was going on a, a little Instagram posting spree of everything that had happened in Minneapolis and showing a lot of stuff that I hadn't shown before. And <laughs> one of them I forgot was in there. It was a liquor bottle that had a, a rag sticking out of it that was unlit, just kind of hanging out there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um and of uh, there was lots of people calling it, and I only know this because of watching the um, the it was like the Twitter crime hotline account that would okay. make, that would watch police scanners or listen to police scanners. People were finding water bottles full of gasoline stashed around town and stashed in places like uh, garbage cans, things like that.
7: That's wild.
4: So, and it, it's no fucking different from what madonna was saying <laughs> you know she's got that video of her being like i have often thought about blowing up the white house <coughs> so it, it's just this it's this hypocrisy that's sickening yeah. um, but we'll uh there's a little more here these kids who are growing up, knowing nothing about like Trump, you know, for four years, you got to
1: wonder what else they're going to be like. Are we raising in generation. a generation wow. of
4: intolerance
1: <laughs> you know, our, people, our
4: kids? Uh, I do believe this guy has already been fired, so he's no longer working for PBS. PBS is the same organization that brought you Sesame Street. <laughs>
7: Mr. Rogers.
4: <laughs> Mr. Rogers, Molotoving Mr. Rogers' neighborhood.
7: <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, it says PBS distances itself from former staff attorney. I don't blame there him. there and Rogers for testing. And he resigned. Yeah, oh. after being caught.
4: Well, I guess there's a little bit of justice in this world. Yeah. Uh, but here we go. Great. Hold on, let's go back there for a second. It's uh games. Like the... great They're
1: nice. They have Sesame Street characters in the classroom and they watch PBS all day.
8: You know, most
1: people are dumb. It's good to live in a place where people are, you know,
4: educated and know stuff. I drink and I know stuff. All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, d- do you have any, any uh, immediate takes on... I- and granted, I mean, this is only a two-minute video out of, I don't know how, how much footage they actually got of this guy. I mean, all there's stuff they got to go undercover for. So I'm sure there's lots of drivel that's... Uh...
7: Right. I mean, there could, there could be a lot of hypocritical things in that interview as well, going back and forth. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, from this video, it appears like, once again, it's someone who is in a position of power. probably comes from a very, I don't know, comfortable or, or maybe even privileged, privileged, I dare say privileged lifestyle. And he just doesn't get it. And But he has, he feels like he has all the answers and knows what's best for everyone else because... I, he has his, you know, viewpoints and his own success in life, and you know, now he now he feels worthy of like telling others what to do and how to live. And
4: <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's uh, lobbyists and mm-hmm. lawyers and the lizard people. people that run this fucking country.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah.
4: Well,
1: towns or states where everybody's just stupid. What's great is on COVID is in all the red states right now, so that's great.
2: Why do you think so?
1: Because either those people want to come out to vote to Trump, because the red states, or a lot of them are sick and dying.
4: No. Mean, PBS has
1: like real news, but CNN doesn't have real news anymore, it's just about the hell no. about Trump all day long can't stand it. I mean, every once in a while, I look at Fox News and it makes me want to throw up. It's all this Joe Biden shit and all that Joe Biden. You uh, know um, All made up. All ridiculous. And they are pushing them so hard. It's, it's unbelievable. So do
8: you guys just ignore it? Yeah.
4: That's it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs>
7: Again, I couldn't help, uh, but even agree a little bit, though, at the end there. It's like, yeah, I can't stand watching any of these news channels. They talk about the same thing in 12-hour cycles. And then they bring, like, 50 experts to, get to all come and reinforce the same agenda down your throat.
4: Right. Well, realistically, based off of some of the clips that no agenda is pulled in, PBS is no better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the-
7: it's like they, they all have uh, an agenda. Yeah, except yeah. for no agenda <laughs> <laughs> it's right.
4: um, yeah I don't know I just I hate it <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate it and <laughs> uh, I'm fairly certain Malachi would say that that'll be illegal to say in a couple of years I hope it doesn't get to that point but especially nah,
5: with I this.
4: well I, you know I don't know um I think January 6th is going to be pretty powerful for people to be like holy fuck. Yeah, I can't believe you did this. Like we got to <laughs> clamp on this or we mm-hmm. got to clamp this down and prevent this uh this huge threat to American democracy. Um uh, it actually reminds me of a um uh AOC little tidbit that she had dropped. Um, about media literacy as far as if we're going to be talking about propaganda and controlling the stream of information.
2: This is something we're going to have to live with. Um, student loans, yes. Um, absolutely, that's going to be a huge priority. Um, climate change, huge, huge priority. Um, let's see. Any discussion in Congress about federal truth and reconciliation or media literacy initiatives to help with healing? I definitely, so there... I can't say I, I don't think that the response, the that this kind of like medium term response, has um, fully crystallized yet. But what I can say is that there's absolutely a commission that's being discussed. But it, it seems to be more investigatory um, in style rather than truth and reconciliation. Um, and so I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. Um, and you know I do think that uh, several members of Congress. And some of my discussions have brought up uh, media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. Um, And we're going to have to figure out how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, It's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, And so that's something that we're looking into. Um, Some folks are asking what I'm doing for my own healing. Um, Thank you.
4: Hmm. Media literacy. I wonder if it's going to be a panel. It's like, okay, so these are today's accepted truths.
7: Yeah, exactly. Like who, who, and then who's going to moderate the moderators or the moderators?
4: Yeah, <laughs> watches the watchmen.
7: Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like that, it, it, whatever platform you set up, there's just never going to be a, enough people, and you can't do it with just AI and robots like Google tries to or whatever, and YouTube or or Facebook or whatever it may be. Like, there's just never going to be enough people to. Uh, properly oversee these things. And especially uh, all these people with the same objectional point of view. I mean, what is object objectivity anymore even in today's society?
4: <laughs> Non-existent.
7: <laughs> it's very hard to agree on what it is. I have to admit.
4: Mm. Makes me shiver a little bit. But right? Do you got any other uh, thoughts or feelings? I mean, I, I, as far as or as long as I still have breath expelling from my body, I still love to talk shit about propaganda. So <laughs> you sound
7: like you got a hit coming down coming down on you one of these days, <laughs> you're about to get Martin Luther King over there, bro. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Someone's trying to assassinate you.
4: <laughs> hey, if anybody ever is at the, uh, in Memphis, the civil rights museum is it's a pretty wild fucking experience.
7: Um, I've actually never had the pleasure of going.
4: Yeah. It's, it's worth the trip. Um,
7: I'm not too far.
4: Yeah. I miss Tennessee. That's where uh, Sir Seat Center and that Abs in a six-pack show, which is finally out. I still had to go listen to it. But he's out of Tennessee, so that's pretty rad. Oh, cool.
7: I didn't realize he was based there.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm tired of talking about downer shit for a little bit. So uh, how about we get into some weird stuff? You, you want to get weird with me?
7: I'd love to get weird with you, bro.
4: A man injected himself with mushrooms and the fungi took over his blood. Interesting. The fungi treated his blood like any other dark, damp place. And this is from uh, today. A man found himself in the hospital with severe organ failure after grossly misunderstanding how to consume psychedelic mushrooms. Okay. Instead of ingesting the psilocybin, he injected them directly into his bloodstream. And while the man did try to boil the shrooms first, he must not have killed them off entirely because they started to grow inside of his bloodstream, taking hold of his system and causing uh, serious injury, including organ failure. Wow. This was, unfortunately, more than a, uh, than merely a trip gone bad. The 30-year-old man had in the past been treated for bipolar disorder and came across psilocybin after researching ways to help treat his condition online. Preliminary research suggests that he might have been onto something. Psilocybin, the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms, seems to treat depressive symptoms in some patients. But that assumes that those patients are ingesting the compound, not injecting it. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? Uh, that video game Last of Us, where it's the, the cordyceps that end up taking over the people's bodies and turning them into zombies, like the uh there's a strain of mushrooms that will do that to ants take mm. over, their, grow over their, uh, their, uh, uh, it's not a spinal cord, but whatever the ant's equivalent, their nervous system essentially. And, um, get the ant to infect other ants with its, with its fungi. It's
7: like a fungi virus. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, uh, in the last of us, it turns everybody into vicious cannibalistic Arnie hammers, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you heard That's- about that?
7: Uh, I actually never played The Last of Us. I've only seen clips of it, but I've heard it's a pretty rad game, at least the first one. Everyone kept complaining about the new one.
4: Yeah. Uh, have you heard about the Arnie Hammer cannibalistic tweets?
7: Uh, I have not, but I'm I'm on it right now. Arnie Hammer.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I'll finish up with this article. Yeah. Um, Because the fungi treated the man's veins like any other dark, damp place, they uh, proliferated and he found himself vomiting blood, confused and unable to speak coherently in the hospital with severe kidney and liver damage. Doctors had to put him on a ventilator and filter his blood over the course of a three week hospital stay. All in all, the case report describes a one off horror story, but it does illustrate how dangerous it can be when people are left to seek out new treatments for themselves without proper support or guidance. Whoa, man, that sounds like something out of a fucking horror story.
7: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Arnie Hammer, uh, he was in the movie with J-Lo that he just dropped out of, or whatever, right?
4: Yeah, and uh, he was the Lone Ranger in the Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. That
7: was, that's, that's so sad that I now know who that lead actor is, and I. Like everyone else, I don't believe I saw it. I
4: don't see it myself.
7: Yeah. So he was the Lone Ranger, huh? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I don't... uh, I guess someone leaked private messages that they were having with him, and uh, he's getting into some pretty uh, kinky stuff, some uh, violent and abusive suggestions. And it's talking about cannibalism at some point. I haven't seen the messages. I just, I was like, yep, that's another big old check mark for a Hollywood vampire.
7: <laughs> I just think he does too much cocaine and says crazy shit when he's on it or whatever drugs he's on. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading him right now. This completely looks like Coke if I had to guess. <laughs> no such thing as a bad idea when you're on that drug. Especially Hollywood Coke effects.
4: vampires, something like that,
7: yeah, do yeah, this. it's very cringy the stuff he's saying,
4: yeah, well, uh do you wanna you want to get into another cringy story? Sure, your cock is now mine. hacker locks <laughs> internet connected chastity cage demands ransom.
7: I heard about this, yeah, Philip defranco retweeted that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>
4: A hacker took control of uh, people's internet connected chastity's cages and demanded a ransom to be paid in Bitcoin to unlock it. Your cock is now mine, (laughs) the (laughs) hacker told one of the victims. According to a screenshot of the conversation obtained by a security research that goes by the name Smelly and is the founder of VX Underground, a website that collects malware samples. October of last year, researchers found the manufacturer of an Internet of Things chastity cage, a sex toy that puts users, uh, that users put around their, um, well, we don't want to be banned or anything, so we'll just say their nether regions to yeah. prevent erections that is used in the BDSM community can be unlocked remotely, and uh, they'd left an API exposed, giving malicious hacker- hackers a chance to take control of the devices. I I did, I distinctly remember an episode of grumpy old Ben's where they were talking about this. So this is kind of funny. Um, Demanded a payment of 0.02 Bitcoin around $750 to unlock device, uh, unlock the device. And uh, uh, I guess the victim realized the cage was definitely locked and he could not gain access to it. Um, Fortunately, I did not have this locked on myself while this happened. the victim said in an online chat, I wasn't the owner of the cage anymore, so I didn't have full control over the cage at any given moment. Another victim who goes by the name of RJ told Motherboard in an online chat. RJ said he'd got the message from the hacker who said they had control of the cage and wanted payment to unlock it. Uh, <laughs> hey, maybe maybe this is just someone else's other kink. you know? Take it a, little, take it a layer deeper. Get that ransom kink right. going.
7: Possibly. It, got, it also reminds me of, uh, did you hear about the uh, that guy with like the $8 million in Bitcoin in his virtual um, wallet? Yeah. And he's got two attempts left to unlock it before it's completely gone.
4: And it's probably, uh, <laughs> it's, the password is probably not Jesus saves, exclamation point.
7: Right, or dumbass123.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Question mark.
7: <laughs> oh, man. Just imagine like you have like this digital wallet that could literally change your life forever. And you went with some password, you did not write it down.
4: I think he did write it down, he just he lost it somewhere, which is Yeah, at some
7: point he definitely lost it and might he didn't wear well a photo to it. <laughs>
4: drop two million out of your fucking wallet on the ground there, bud. <laughs>
7: Disgusting, man. I'd be I don't think I'd be able to sleep for yeah for a while
4: yeah, and i don't know, i don't really know stuff. i don't know bitcoin but i can't imagine that uh anybody's getting into that account you know i can't imagine he's going to be able to get anybody to hack into it which i guess is kind of the point so mm-hmm. sucks to suck dude <laughs> I don't
7: know. call rami malik maybe he could help i don't know mr robot it's the only person i can think of that could solve that
4: oh you know what we um we touched on it a little, a little bit. I think you had already left. But uh, one of the things that William Cooper, who was, he's one of the, like, top tier conspirator guys out of the 90s. Okay. Uh, he's got some information on a place called the Iron Mountain. Oh, really? Yeah.
7: <clears throat> is it, like, similar to, like, Stone Mountain in the show, or, like, what? what is
4: it? I, I thought it was Iron Mountain in uh in the show as well. I
7: think it's called, uh, uh, let, hold on. I'll, I'll look it up real quick for you. Um, maybe it is Iron Mountain. Let's see.
4: Oh, Steel Mountain. Steel oh, Mountain. Yeah, that's what so it is. Close. Yeah. So close. So yeah. close. Maybe it's a great
7: close. Maybe that's where it came from though. Uh, what, what, what is it though? Is it like a data mining place too? Or what is it?
4: I believe I, I believe so. I'm I'm still just kind of swimming with other stuff in my mind at the moment, so I didn't really um, mm. I don't quite recall, but it's definitely I,
7: I literally uh, just found a subreddit. If you didn't know Steel Mountain is based on a real company Iron Mountain. <laughs> There's a subreddit for it and everything.
4: Yeah, reports from Iron Mountain from the uh, book Behold a Pale Horse Uh I'll just read through it. Let's see. If you're unaware, the United States is in fact a bankrupt corporation according to the United States Code Title 2, uh, 28 Section 3002 15A and, quote, Emergency Baking Act of March 9th, 1933. If you can purchase life insurance for yourself, what do you think they have done on your birth certificate and so, uh, Social Security bond accounts? When you are eliminated, they will collect on you and your accounts. They have insured loss against uh, on your accounts. They have insured loss against. Keep in mind, they have perpetrated the entire deceptive lie against you. However, they cannot maintain the future fraud, the the present fraud, so they will collapse it in the form of a world war again. They will just start this deceptive system all over again somewhere else until you're wise. What's going on? At this time of posting, the American Bankers Association website. Uh www.aba.com and qsip is a registered trademark of the American Bankers Association. Uh I don't see anything about the Iron Mountain. Oh well, might have fucked that one up. Should have had some more pulled up on it. I just thought it was I thought it was interesting.
7: Mm-hmm. Something you might like. You now it's funny. Uh there, in this video, there is a guy. Um <laughs> You remember in, in the show when he made fun of that one guy, Bill, to make him go away? Oh, yeah. He just, like, ripped him a new one and just totally destroyed him? Yeah. Yeah, like in this uh, Iron Mountain uh, video, there's supposed to be this guy named Garrett Grant Fletcher, who I guess who Bill was supposed to be based on. And he does kind of look like him, and so Grant's a little more like uh, cool, hippie-looking. But um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I could actually see the comparison that they even made Bill <laughs> from this guy. <laughs> Let's see. The level of detail on that show is amazing.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think I got one last season to go on it.
7: Oh, it ends very well, man. I won't spoil anything for you. Hell yeah. But I wish you well in watching.
4: <laughs> so we did that one. We got that one. Uh, this is one that I've sat on for a while. Um mm-hmm. It's how the bees reacted to the 2017 solar eclipse.
7: How did they react?
4: As a solar eclipse darkened the skies across the United States in 2017. Hum- uh, humans rejoiced while flamingos huddled, crypt- crickets chirped, and according to a new study, bees fell silent. Uh, hold on, I gotta see if I can't fix this website.
7: Well, they, I mean, they typically only come out at night, anyways. Though, right? They don't thrive and they're not that very nocturnal, are they?
4: I don't know. I was hope I I got to figure out something about all these fucking paywall articles, and it's just making me look like a fucking asshole because I I get distracted by the first couple paragraphs. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do this as a cold read, and then get through it. Right. <laughs> um. Uh, I guess the researchers were able to get a sense of the bees movement throughout the eclipse. Bees at the 11 research sites were buzzing before and after totality. 14 of the 16 mics picked up at least one uh, buzz every few minutes, but the bees were nearly silent as the moon blotted out the sun. Uh, The researchers reported just a single buzz in the three minutes of totality across the 16 mics. That's as far as we can get. I'm sorry, y'all. We need a serious uh, rework of... um, Just our process and the way we present the show. Um, I just haven't pulled the trigger on it as of yet. But we got some ideas, I think. Try and do a segment uh, just for current happenings, current news, breaking stuff, catch up, you know, all that good shit. And then spend the last hour and a half of the show or so actually getting deep into something. I just... Tired of uh, doing cold reads On the internet uh, Cause that's
7: <laughs> Nah I feel yeah. That's
4: where a majority of the content comes from I mean, It's been fun but you know, We're getting ready to hit episode 30 next week
7: Do you believe that? Dude I'm yeah. so proud of every, how far along this has come I can't wait to see where we're at Head up By episode 100 I can't What's wait,
4: <laughs> I can't wait to see How many weeks what will that be from now?
7: About 30? That'll be about 30-35 weeks from now
4: yeah, it'll be close to twenty twenty two. Oh god! Indeed, I can't wait to see what happens by episode ten thousand. That's where that's where no, my heads no. at.
7: <laughs> right, right. Wow, oh, man, we're gonna be. This will be some probably something completely different by then. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I'm very excited though to get get to those points. <laughs>
4: you know what we could do we could we could uh we could take an episode and go through every page of every document that the com has released from the cia
7: yeah i was meaning to get a crack at those so like it was all on a cd rom i believe yep that he that he purchased and uh he was uh, he just uh uploaded them on like what was it the 6th or 7th i believe
4: uh yeah it was last week and thousands of pages thousands and, uh,
7: anything stand out or is there, like any highlight reels yet because obviously i haven't read through them, all of them
4: i still think people are coming through it i didn't yeah. find out about this until yesterday so i, I was yeah, working it popped
7: up on my news feed as well um, but like you said i guess everyone's still coming through it and i keep getting aoc this and that everywhere too it's like what is a big deal
4: uh, let's see. This is, it uh, looks like it includes a dispute with Bosnian fugitive with uh, alleged ET contact to mysterious midnight explosions in a small Russian town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it could be fun. We could start pulling one of these per show and just be like, hey, and this is, uh, this is your daily dose of CIA documents. <laughs> what happened with AOC? What'd you find?
7: I uh, just, uh, she keeps popping up like over and over, like on my newsfeed. It's not like I follow her closely or anything, but uh, it, it's just, it's just really just tweets and thing, things of that nature as well. Like, uh, like this one. Uh, and I, I don't even know if any of this is out of context or made up or anything, but it says uh, this is from a subreddit called murdered by AOC but it's her commenting on her own comment i guess or retweeting or something anyways the first, the first the this one says one thing that always astounds me about the gop's talent for neglecting key issues until it affects them personally they couldn't care less when trump uses his mob to put their colleagues lives in danger yet though yet uh, are only noticing how bad it was when the threats been turned on them and then she goes back to an older tweet uh for Two years, many of us have been subject to extremely violent threats, attempts, stalkers, and targeted misinfo. When I went to the border, there was a mob with knives and guns feet away from the CBP, uh, refused to protect the delegation. What did we do? We did a press conference anyways. (laughs)
5: Hmm.
4: Yeah, I know in one of those videos she was uh, talking about uh, in an encounter with one of the prote- uh, protesters where she thought she was gonna lose her life and
7: well, she definitely has a hate mob after her I know I have, I have no doubt about that. I'd better a shitload of people that can't stand her. <sighs> <sighs>
4: um I, I kind of went with a different I I think it was one of the, one of those uh videos that just incite more hate. I think it was I think it was a video that incited hate.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um Because, I mean, I don't want to, well, I'm just, I'm going to have to. Is there footage of her being harassed in the hallways? Is it something where her, yeah, I can't even fucking go down this path without being one of those fucking. I I,
7: I imagine, I mean, I I haven't seen it, but I could easily imagine it though. Because there's people who flat out think she's like a socialist and trying to destroy the country with her. Uh, politics. So right. I, I can I, this imagine, is- like, some psychopath, like, actually going up there and trying to get close to her. But
4: I don't I, know. I just with the situation where it looks like the motherfuckers were let into the building. Yeah, you know how close were they really willing to let the protesters get to? <laughs> These governmental lizard fucks. <laughs>
7: oh, there's that one cop, uh, uh, what's his name, that uh, was in the hallway separating them. And he had his gun, he had his hand on his gun. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone's saying he was the only real hero that day. <laughs> but uh, Again, I didn't even see the video, so I, or I've only seen the photo. I'm, I'm assuming it's uh, all correct, but they weren't going to cross this black guy with a gun (laughs) he told them to stay back and it looks like they did
4: yeah gave him better treatment than fucking uh, who was that cop out of St. Louis he was working security
7: oh yeah one of them ended up dying too yeah because he took so many hits to the head that's not uh, did they catch the guys who did it or who they think did it at least or
4: I can't tell you I haven't seen anything else on it and, and it's more so just the fucking <laughs> super huge influx of people to uh Mastodon, which is kind of where I primarily hang out now. Yeah. So a lot of stuff is getting buried faster than uh, faster than I can save it anywhere. So
7: I'm, try, I'm trying to think yeah, I because I, I know in light of all these, like uh, even. Uh, all the Black Lives Matter protests. I, I know there's certainly been cops who have uh, gotten hurt during these protests, but how many of the, were there any who were who actually got killed, though? Well,
4: there, there? was... Uh, he wasn't he wasn't on duty, but there was uh, David Dorn who was working security for his friend's pawn shop or electronics store, and he'd ended up getting shot. Uh, protesters oh. got into the store and, and stole a bunch of shit.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um as far as other cops I, I just I know there's ones that have taken like, uh explosives to the face and bricks to the head. Yeah, and I definitely. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I have I've, I've uh, legitimately gagged a couple of times looking at the poop and piss bottles in Portland. Those are pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um even right now I'm I'm a little uh yeah, I, you know, I was thinking of something else. Um I guess a woman came and confronted Chuck Schumer in New York, and it's pretty awesome. I think it I think it really, you know, we're kind of going back, which is fine cuz I forgot to mention this part. So much of this mm-hmm. she's going to sum it, sum it up perfectly. So much of this is uh, it's not setting the stage. Stage is already set. We're well into Act One at this point. When we start to other people this hard, so here's uh here's this hero of the day.
0: Take your hands off me! No, no, you don't need to talk to me. I'm talking to this racist, anti semite I am glad I didn't think yeah. that the Trumpsters had it in them. I didn't think the conservatives did. But you know what? You racist, socialist, condition out. But you can't take it. And remember this, Adolf Hitler was a Socialist. And that's exactly who you followed. You're nothing but a coward seeing you hide underneath your desk, I actually got sexually excited over it. That's how much I loathe you. That's how much I'm glad what they do. And like Nancy Pelosi said, people do what they do. After all, she doesn't care about monuments and neither do I. And where the First Amendment doesn't say, that you have to protest peacefully and politely. As long as there's outrage and unrest in our hearts, there's gonna be unrest in these streets. I don't give a shit whether you believe me. You're nothing but a cracker. That's all you are, a racist cracker. You get this shit out, look, you've got protection. Why don't you tell them to stand down, hypocrite? Did you tell the Capitol Police to stand down? Did you tell them to stand down? Answer the question. Don't no, stand down. He told the police to stand down. In Kenosha, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Boston, New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And you know what? These Trump supporters are going to go to your house. They're going to go to Pelosi's house. They'll destroy her vineyards, And I will be right there to support them. Don't you say it's enough. No, no, shut up. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. This is a racist. He's an anti-Semite. He said if you criticize Obama, you're a racist, but he criticized him against the Iranian deal. Not only are you a racist, Schumer, you're a hypocrite. Take your hands off me six feet. Six feet. No, no. Six feet. Stand down. Stand down. Stand down. You can dish
7: it out, but you can't
4: take it. So, yeah. Getting caught out in the middle of the day. <laughs> that
7: was pretty damn good, I have to admit. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yep, 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 yep.
7: Yeah. So, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, I have to admit. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed hearing that. I might have to replay that again for myself later.
4: <laughs> It'll be in the show notes.
7: And, and that's pretty much the common denominator in all this. Fucking hating fear mongering, whether it's coming from this and that direction, so like everyone can dish it out, but no one can take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no one no one wants to be on the receiving end. Everyone's a damn victim, and then they go back to being a hero once they're dishing it out.
4: <laughs> hey, you know who is not a uh not a victim? This guy? Bill Gates.
7: Yeah. <laughs> who is
4: uh he is now the biggest owner of farmland in America. Is he now? <laughs> how much? Uh, how many acres do you think he's got in Louisiana?
7: All of it, all the acres. <laughs> 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 if I had to guess, as many as he wants.
4: Bought it with pocket change. <laughs> right. This is what I had on me.
7: <laughs> he I bought it all of Louisiana with like five bitcoins, for all I know.
4: <laughs> it's uh, he's got sixty-nine thousand and seventy-one acres in uh, Louisiana. Mm. He's got 47,927 acres in Arkansas. He's got 20,588 acres in Nebraska. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: And uh, I guess additionally, he's got 25,750 acres of transitional land on the west side of Phoenix, Arizona, which is being developed as a new suburb. According to the Lancer Search... Uh, land reports research. The land is held directly and through third-party entities by Cascade Investments, Gates' personal investment vehicle. Cascade's other investments include food safety company Ecolab, used car retailer of Room, and Canadian National Railway. Uh, while it might be surprising that a tech billionaire would also be the biggest farmland owner in the country, this is not uh, this is not Gates's only foray into agriculture. 2008, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation announced a 306 million in grants to promote high-yield, sustainable ar- uh, agriculture among smallholder farmers in sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia. South Asia. Uh, this is fun. The foundation has further invested in the development plurif- uh, proliferation of quote super crops. Resistant to climate change and higher-yield dairy cows. Last year, the organization announced Gates AG1, a nonprofit, to advance those efforts. Uh, it's not clear how the land is being used, or whether any of uh, whether or not any of it's being set aside for conservation. However, there is some indication that the land could be used in such a way that aligns with the foundation's values. Cottonwood A.G. Management, a subsidiary of Cascade, is a member of leading Harvest, a nonprofit that promotes sustainable agriculture standards that prioritize protections of crop, soil and water resources. Mm. Wow.
7: Yeah. Well, funny, it's thing, deal with everything now. Yeah.
4: Uh, whoa. CNN founder Ted Turner ranked number three with 2 million acres of ranch land across eight states. Even Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is investing in land on a grand scale, landing the 25th spot with ownership of, a hey, 420,000 acres, uh, mainly in West Texas.
7: Well, it's the only thing you can't make more of, really, is land. Wow. hmm
4: and I wonder if it's going to bite him in the ass because at the same point, a Bill Gates venture aims to spray dust into the air to block the sun. What could go wrong? <laughs> Have you <laughs> it's heard the
7: beginning song? of the Matrix,
4: dude? It's it's like one part Matrix, one part Mr. Burns.
7: <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> Wait mm-hmm. was was the Matrix about climate change? Like, is that what caused the? Or I thought it was nuclear. Um... The uh,
7: robots. Uh... The robots depended on solar energy, and so they scorched the. They they went to nuclear war and, and scorched the sun out, and then they started using humans as batteries to power themselves.
4: Oh shit! That's right. Yeah, I don't know if I want a fourth one of those. We'll see.
7: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't even know either. Oh, I know is I love Keanu Reeves, so damn it, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, right. <laughs>
4: Uh, so and the funny thing about this I mean this is kind of the uh, similar um sort of rhetoric that you'd see across any of these truth denying shows you know it's like oh people denied chemtrails and you know uh, weather manipulation for <clears throat> for the longest time but here's dr fucking Gates being like yeah let's uh <laughs> let's dust it up
5: mm-hmm
4: uh, he is financially backing the development of sun dimming technology that would potentially reflect sunlight out of Earth's atmosphere, triggering a global cooling effect. Uh, the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation perturbation Experiment
7: perturbation
4: launched by Harvard University scientists aims to examine this solution by spraying non-toxic calcium carbonate dust into the atmosphere. A sun reflecting aerosol that might offset the effects of global warming. I, there's no way in any world where any of this could go wrong. <laughs> it just sounds like a, a brilliant plan through and through. Let's let's do it. Spray it up. Shit. Everybody, everybody gets a can of this and <laughs> just walk around and we'll use it. We'll tell them that it's disinfectant for COVID. Actually. That's how you get the mass distribution taken care of. You hand everybody a can of aerosol that says, Hey, guess what? This spray kills 99.99% of all SARS-CoV-2 on contact. And you get everybody spraying it and everything trickles up. Two birds, one stone.
7: Yeah. And while we're at it, it takes care of SARS, AIDS, uh, what else? West Nile virus, just everything in general.
4: Um, let's see. Widespread research into the efficacy of solar geoengineering has been stalled for years due to controversy. Opponents believe such science comes with unpredictable risks, including extreme shifts in weather patterns, not dissimilar to warming trends we are already witnessing environmentalists similarly fear that a dramatic shift in uh, mitigation strategy will be treated as green light to continue emitting greenhouse gases with uh, little to no changes in current consumption and production patterns. Uh, They're going to launch a balloon carrying scientific equipment uh, 12 miles high. The launch will not release any stratospheric aerosols. Rather, it will serve as a test to maneuver the balloon and examine communications and operational systems It's successful. This would be a step towards a second second experimental stage that would release a small amount of this dust into the air. They're gonna do it. They're gonna try it. They're gonna build it back better. Um They're gonna
7: rebuild the earth better than it's ever been.
4: It's gonna be great.
7: I mean, it's completely broke, so we have to fix it, right?
4: You will eat the bugs,
7: or will the bugs be eating us?
4: God, I hope it's the bugs eating us. <laughs> that's, that's like at this point, out of all the shit sandwich scenarios, this is probably going to be the most palatable. The bugs come and eat us.
7: Uh, where's blueberry? Uh, ladybug got him. Uh, he's gone. You can't fuck with ladybugs. You fuck with ladybugs. <laughs> but they it's it's,
4: it's not one giant ladybug. It's a swarm of them.
7: the cockroaches are making me watch
4: Uh (laughs) it's it's like clockwork orange but with cockroaches
7: (laughs) with a ladybug as the lead member (laughs) malcolm mcladybug (laughs) oh
4: shit well, uh, this might be a good point. You want to take a break, and then we can come back and, you know, lose our minds over some COVID shit?
7: Yeah, definitely. Cool, I'm back cool. with that. All cool tenor.
4: Alrighty. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be good shit, y'all.
7: Yeah, see y'all in just a minute.
1: One, two, three, four. I told you so. I told you. I told you so. I told you. Remember when I told you about 9/11? Remember when I told you about Building 7? Remember when I told you about the fluoride in the water? Yes, I did. Remember when I told you about the new world order? Remember that? Remember when I told you about the chemtrails in the sky? Remember when I told you that NASA was full of lies? Remember when I told you about the mind Control? Well, I just want to say that I told you so, yeah. Remember when I told you about 432 Hurts, that is What 440 can do to you It hurts my ears Remember when I told you about the vaccine agenda Yes, I did That Michelle Obama is a transgender Yes, she is Dinosaur fraud, the climate change scam, and yes, Sandra Malak is also a man. Remember when I told you that there ain't no globe? Well, I just want to say that I told you so. 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 Remember when I told you about the TV flicker rate And how it puts your brain in an alpha state Remember when I told you about germ theory Remember when I told you about gravity Remember that Remember when I told you about Paul McCartney Remember when I told you about Direct Energy Remember when I told you about Monsanto Well, I just want to say that I told you so 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 Yeah The mainstream media your so-called celebrities and pedophilia Remember that child trafficking and that arena Corona Remember when I told you about the Georgia guy store Told you about the false flag operation. Remember when I told you about 5G radiation? Remember that I told you that? Well, I just wanna say that I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> 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 I told you so. <laughs>
4: Oh. <laughs> how come malachi doesn't do music like that for us
7: i know right <laughs> that's a good fuck, one dude who's that by
4: uh it's by a dude who is probably not going to be on youtube for much longer by the name of conspiracy music guru mm. and uh probably my favorite thing about this video is the fretboard on his guitar is emblazoned with the phrase uh, flat earth
7: <laughs> at first uh i was thinking like this could totally be something by guar but i think it's your shirt that made me think that
4: <laughs> oh yeah it's, uh, i'm wearing my guar shirt for tonight it's a little bit of mm-hmm. subliminal programming mm-hmm. you know funny mm. enough a lot of uh guar's mythology kind of falls in line with what i would consider the archon storyline when Aliens came to this planet aeons ago, and they started meddler, meddling around with uh,
8: whatever, i.e. <laughs> <I>. e. fucking
4: <laughs> what was whatever was in our place before us, and uh, created humans. Um, Beefcake the Mo- uh, Mighty also slaughtered all the dinosaurs and took their intestines and stretched them over the Grand Canyon, creating the first musical instrument. And the first piece of music that he ever wrote was carry on my wayward son which Kansas totally ripped off
7: <laughs> they just came to earth grabbed us by the brains and deep throat gagged the shit out of our thoughts <laughs> and now look at us
4: <laughs> now look at us <laughs> but yeah that, that video is pretty good <laughs> it's a lot of the major uh, conspiracies uh, you know talking points
7: mm-hmm. yeah uh It definitely touches on everything. Sorry, I was uh, skimming over some of this uh, coronavirus stuff. Um, Apparently, one in three people in Los Angeles basically has it right now, supposedly. In LA County, residents, one out of three have been infected with corona. You know, that's uh, 4,000 people died today from COVID, 40,000 deaths so far this month.
4: These numbers are just, they're so weaponized at this point. Uh, I had the
7: first member of my family pass away from it this month.
4: When was that? It was, in January.
7: Yeah, he was uh my one of it was like a distant uncle of mine. I never really knew him or met him, but like uh obviously he was my dad's uh distant brother as well. But yeah, he was in the ICU for uh I think the better part of uh two weeks unfortunately he passed away from it though.
4: Damn. How old was he?
7: I want to say it was about sixty or
4: sixty-five. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean,
7: I never really, you know, knew the guy, so I don't have like a lot of feelings about it. But yeah, uh, definitely the first member of anyone I've heard of in my family passing away from. From what I can tell, my mom's side, uh, which is mostly based in California, um, I don't think anyone's passed away on her side of the family from it at all.
4: Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
7: Anyone in your family at all?
4: Nope. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't know anyone that's, um, that's passed away from it yet. Which is, yeah, like, it's a good thing. I'm only
7: hearing like a few people who have a cousin or something like that. But um, yeah.
4: I mean, I. I think it warrants a little bit of looking into, but the word on Mastodon that I keep seeing is uh, all the. Flu numbers have disappeared, according to CDC website for 2020. Um, could mean a myriad of things. You know, are they testing for flu anymore? I don't know. Is it all COVID testing? Probably. Probably. But,
7: Trader Joe's becomes the first grocery chain to pay workers to get the vaccine. Other chains say no. Gross.
4: <laughs> I heard something on No Agenda today, and granted, I was I was a little. What's the word I'm looking for? I just was already in a very stressed out state, and I had had two huge cups of coffee that I had uh, brewed extra strong, and uh, but they were playing something that just fucking freaked me out, and um, I mean I, I don't think it's this video, but it's a guy that's featured in this video, and they were he was explaining how this new M. RNA technology doesn't qualify as a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And he links it to something more in line with chemotherapy. It's it's the weirdest shit. I don't fully understand what exactly yeah, he's
7: either because I thought chemotherapy only worked on like 10% or something like that uh, of the people that it's actually administered to, I believe.
4: I don't know. Um, I do have. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, so we're gonna get kind of a crapshoot. But I had found it right before we had started. Okay. Um, but it's this one's pretty short. Uh, well, it's like we'll split it up into two sections. Okay.
7: Rocco, let's let's make
9: sure we're clear on something. Let's stipulate that this is not a vaccine. Uh, I mean, we need to be really clear.
4: The guy speaking right now is Dr. David Martin, who was the gentleman featured in the clip that I was just referring to from No Agenda today. It's also got uh, in this, it's a four-way video call. It's got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. featured in it as well. Of course he's there. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. uh, Baller Kennedy Jr. himself.
9: (laughs) We're using the term vaccine to sneak this thing under public health um, exemptions. This is not a vaccine. This is a mRNA packaged in a fat envelope that is delivered to a cell. It is a medical device designed to stimulate the human cell into becoming a pathogen creator. It is not a vaccine. Vaccines actually are a legally defined term and they're a legally defined term under public health law. They're a legally defined term under CDC and FDA standards. And a vaccine specifically has to stimulate both an immunity within the person receiving it, but it also has to disrupt transmission. And that is not what this is. They have been abundantly clear in saying that the mRNA strand that is going into the cell is not to stop transmission. It is a treatment. But if it was discussed as a treatment, it would not get the sympathetic ear of public health authorities because then people would say, well, what other treatments are there? The use of the term vaccine is unconscionable for both the legal definition term of it, but also because it actually is the sucker punch to open and free discourse. Because by saying vaccine, you dump it into a thing where you could be anti or pro the therapy. But if you actually talked about it as a therapy, remember, and people forget this, Moderna was started as a chemotherapy company for cancer, not a vaccine manufacturer for SARS. You know, if we said we're going to give people prophylactic chemotherapy for the cancer they don't have, you'd be laughed out of a room because it's a stupid idea.
4: Now, I I really can't remember if this is the exact clip that we were listening to earlier in the show. Uh, Not our show. uh, No agenda. But he's saying the same thing. So if it's not this and, and he's trying to get this message out. um. My brother-in-law has taken the vaccine now because he works for uh, elder care. My so, brother's taking it. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like the round two is when it, it'll fuck with you if it's going to mess with you in any way. Uh, I haven't
7: talked to my brother yet about it. I just know he had it because he uh, was in New York State Penitentiary and he was recently released. But uh, I, 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 was, I didn't know that a bunch of prisoners have, have received it already. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's like, man, I got to commit a crime to get this thing in the (laughs) workspace. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right, I guess I'll go spin in a cop's face and I'll get it. (laughs) 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 Don't take this personal. I need the vaccine.
4: (laughs) Yeah, better get working on making those pee bottles up.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Suck my dick, bitch, or I'll kill you. There you go. That get you the vaccine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll go back into this.
7: <laughs>
9: That's exactly what this is. This is a mechanical device in the form of a very small packet of technology that is being inserted into the human system to activate the cell to become a pathogen manufacturing site. And I refuse to stipulate in any conversations, that this is, in fact, a vaccine issue. The only reason why the term is being used is to abuse the 1905 Jacobson case that has been misrepresented since it was written. And if we were honest with this, we would actually call it what it is. It is a chemical pathogen device that is actually meant to unleash a chemical pathogen production action within a cell. It is a medical device, not a drug, because it meets the CDRH definition of a device. It is not a living system. It is not a biologic system. It is a physical technology. It happens to just come in the size of a molecular package. So we need to be really clear on making sure we don't fall for their game because their game is if we talk about it as a vaccine, then we're going to get into a vaccine conversation. But this is not by their own admission of vaccine. So okay, a result, sorry, it must be clear to everyone listening that we will not fall for this failed definition, just like we won't fall for their industrial chemical definition of health, because both of them are functionally flawed and are an explicit violation of the legal construct that is being exploited.
4: To me, it almost sounds like he's saying that they're injecting nanotechnology into people. Oh, we seem to have lost you. Um, did you catch that last part? It sounds like they're uh, injecting fucking nanotechnology into people.
7: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've definitely heard of some conspiracies of this.
4: Yeah, <laughs> No 5G metal zone guitar pedals for this guy, damn it.
7: What if you stick magnets all over your body? Will that not mess with the technology of the nanites?
4: (laughs) Magnets? How do those even work? (laughs) Right.
3: So Judy, as a scientist here, could you boil that down into English for a boy who, wore, who grew up with a blue collar? I, 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 take, I take your explanation, David, and that's superb. But for those out there who may not be able to, to, uh, to, to follow that very intelligent analysis, uh, and that's not meant as an insult, David. I, oh I, no, I, I, just, I, I,
9: I get.
4: Whenever you say something like that, don't doesn't that mean that you meant it as an insult? <laughs>
7: Pretty much, it's kind of like a phrase. Uh, now, with that being said, this is what I really wanted to say.
4: <laughs> per my previous email,
7: <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> Get
9: frustrated when I hear activists and lawyers and everybody else saying we're going to fight the vaccine. If you stipulate it's a vaccine, you've already lost the battle. It's not a vaccine.
3: So what should I be referring to uh, to it as a chemical agent or? Correct. It's a it's a synthetic pathogen. They've literally injected the synthet- the very right. pathogenic part of the virus
9: into okay. every cell of the body. And if say pathogen, that says to me it's going to get me make me sick. Correct. So they, they it, it inject- is made to make you sick, Rocco. Remember that 80% of the people allegedly exposed to allegedly SARS-CoV-2. So let's not get into that rabbit hole. But 80% of the people who are exposed to allegedly the virus have no symptoms at all. They're called asymptomatic carriers. 80% of the people who get this injected into them have a clinical adverse event. Correct. Right. You are getting injected with a chemical substance to induce illness, not to induce an immunotransmissive response. In other words, nothing about this is going to stop you from transmitting anything. This is about getting you sick and having your own cells be the thing that get you sick. Correct. So it's going to trigger an autoimmune response? It can, and it can among actually, many things. Among yeah. many things,
3: it can actually directly cause um, multiple sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, Alzheimer's disease, because that's what the expression of that pathogenic envelope. It can cause accelerated cancer. That's what the expression of that piece of virus, that syncytin alone, has been known to do for decades.
4: Wow, some crazy shit, man. Crazy fucking
7: uh, shit. Uh, what, 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 when was this interview?
4: Uh, this is from Ike.com posted January 14th, so mm. this would have been today. Damn. Uh, the a lot one, to think about. The woman speaking is Judy uh, uh, Mik- Mikovits. Um, I butchered her last name, but she Damn. was a doctor that was getting a lot of shit back over the summer. That first uh, anti-vaccine movie came out. And Mm -hmm. everybody on social Sesame instantaneously turned into a fucking expert and was able to clearly profusely and intently debunk everything that they had to say or everything that she had to say across the board. Uh, Malachi actually wants to bring on, uh, you might've seen him in the chats. His name is Atlas agent. And uh, we're talking about doing a, Uh, An extensive dive into Plandemic, Antivax, and Plandemic 2 Which features A lot of these same people, RFK Junior, uh, Dr. David Martin uh, Judy Among others So that should be a pretty fun project Uh, Hopefully we'll uh, do that next Thursday, I believe is the idea That'd Um, be fun Yeah Um, So, you know Maybe uh, maybe they're right. Maybe we stop referring to it as a vaccine. Uh, I'm I'm not really sure the the process of what chemotherapy is. Uh, Seemed to have lost you there again. Um, I'm not really sure how it works. Uh, I just there's at every point it seems like everything that has to do with COVID just keeps folding into something like AIDS, or it folds into now uh, with the this Cancer,
7: Lou Gehrig's disease,
4: multiple multiple sclerosis is something that they mentioned earlier. Yeah, and uh, based on the uh, just the little bit I was able to um, look up, vaccines and chemotherapy, multiple scro- uh, sc- 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 uh, I'm sclerosis. You, thank you, um, was brought up. So it looks like there is a lot of studies out there. I just I am kind of a wrench slinging moron. <laughs> I don't know how to read science.
7: Mm-hmm. Um, That's not the easiest subject for most people to read in your defense. Yeah.
4: So it's definitely uh, some weird shit to keep your eye out on. mm mm-hmm. um, Speaking of which, childrenshealthdefense.org is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s website, and I highly recommend anybody check it out. It's got some pretty fantastic resources on there. It's one of the... Key talking points when conversation—I find myself in conversations about uh, the mask specifically—is well, doctors wear them in operating rooms, so why doesn't why would it not make sense for everybody else to wear them? <laughs> and,
7: what are you talking about the mask permanently?
4: Yeah. Well, I think
7: some people are definitely going to keep them. I've talked about this with a lot of passengers of mine too, from time to time. Like a lot of people. Uh, definitely, first of all, people, some people just really enjoy wearing a mask because it's harder, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's a mask. So you, you're not, it's harder to be spot and seen of yeah. course, when you're roaming around and things like that. And, uh, some people actually believe it's uh, actually made them healthier. I mean, there's a good argument for that too, because you're wearing a mask. So, uh, you're obviously taking in less, uh, less, uh, outside germs, uh, especially well. if it's a decent mask. I mean, but, um, I've heard a lot of people say they got sick a hell of a lot less last year because they were wearing a mask the whole time.
4: <laughs> I will say that this uh, it's a little uh, link farm, essentially, on all sorts of mass studies, and a lot of it is uh, going into adverse ref- uh, effects. But the one uh, as far as wearing a mask permanently, and um, I know Grumpy Old Benz, is some- that's something that they've touched on before. I'm blanking on what the specific illness was ca- that was causing, or that was caused from wearing masks nonstop. But the very first link that I clicked on, it it was perfect because I had just had a conversation about this. And this goes back to doctors wearing masks in operating rooms. And this is a collection of, uh, I believe it was 12 different studies in 1975. They found that wearing the uh, surgical face mask had no effect upon the overall operating room, environmental contamination in 1980 applied human albinum micros, uh, microspheres to the interior of surgical mask and 20 operations at the end of each operation wound washings were examined under the microscope particle contamination of the wound was demonstrated in all experiments. So they're saying that even with the mask on, they were finding, uh, uh, infections or contamination in these, uh, these stitch-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, in
2: 1989,
4: they found that caps and masks were not necessary during cardiac catheterization. No infections were found in any patient, regardless of whether a cap or a mask was used. Uh, another, it, this is a Swedish or a Nordic uh, study, came to the same conclusion in 2002. In 1991, a general surgical team wore no mask in half of their surgeries for two years. After 1,537 operations performed with mask, the wound infection rate was 4.7, while after 1,551 operations performed without mask, the wound infection rate was only 3.5. So that's saying uh, without the mask, their infection rates dropped 1.2%. 2001, they concluded the evidence for discontinuing the use of surgical face masks would appear to be stronger than the evidence available to support their continued continued use. 2001 wrote that surgical face masks worn by patients during regional, regional anesthesia did not reduce the concentration of airborne bacteria over the operation field in our study. Thus, they are dispensable. 2001 reported that in five years of doing uh, peritoneal, P-E-R-I-T-O-N-E-A-L, dialysis without mask, rates of whatever the fuck that was in their unit were no different Mm -hmm. than rates in hospitals where masks were worn. Uh, Bali did a systematic literature review in 2009 found that no no significant difference in the incidence of post-operative wound infection was observed between mask groups and groups that operated with no mask. Surgeons at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden, recognizing the lack of evidence supporting the use of masks, ceased requiring them in 2010 for anesthesiologists and non other non-scrub personnel in the operating room, Our decision to no longer require routine surgical masks for personnel, not scrubbed for surgery, is a departure from common practice. But the evidence to support this practice does not exist, wrote one of the doctors. Uh, Webster, in 2010, reported on obstetric gynecological general uh, orthopedic breast urological surgeries performed on 827 patients. All non-scrub staff wore masks in half of the surgeries and none of the non-scrub staff wore masks in half of the surgeries. Surgical site infections occurred in 11.5% of the mask group and only 9% of the no-mask group. Uh, Lip and Edwards reviewed the surgical literature in 2014 and found no statistics. statistically significant difference in infection rates between the masked and the unmasked group in any of the trials Uh, they updated that in 2016 the conclusion was the same 2014 review based on four studies and six thousand and six patients wrote that none of the four studies found a difference in the number of post-operative infections whether you use a surgical mask or not in 2014 uh, Another uh, European, maybe Swedish group, investigated the necessity of scrubs, masks, and head coverings in the operating room and concluded there is no evidence that these measures reduce the prevalence of surgical site infection. Uh, Reviewing literature in 2015, this one concluded that there is a lack of substantial evidence to support claims that face face masks protect either patient or surgeon from infectious contamination. So, there might be some questions there. <laughs> yeah. That's
7: a, of, that's a lot of different studies.
4: And every every one of them is linked in this, so I'll, I'll have this up in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. So, anytime. And, and, like, some of the mask worship is just fucking through the roof. Um, it's cult indoctrination, if, if I'd ever seen it. Through and through. Mm, I'm sick of it. Um. I'm finally wearing one full time in uh, that's not to say that I haven't been covering my face because I have been but they only allow masks at the new job so i I bit the bullet and i I'm doing my part I am part of the greater good part of the solution now and I hate it it's uh, <laughs> I know it's only been a couple of weeks but I'm not about it you know
5: mm-hmm.
7: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even go inside the grocery store anymore unless I absolutely have to. I just order everything through an app and just pick it up that way, or or I'll Instacart it if I need to.
4: Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm gonna send you this uh, the Children's Health Defense link because it's there's some really interesting shit in there. You should uh, check out. Which leads me to another article that I thought was pretty interesting. This one comes from. 2003
7: <laughs> okay
4: remember the before times
7: the before times
4: uh remember when we had just learned what the world trade center was or at least i had
7: <laughs>
4: um yeah so published 17 years ago in the sydney morning herald face uh, excuse me excuse me farce mask it's safe for only 20 minutes uh, 20 minutes Retailers who cash in on community fears about SARS by exaggerating the health benefits of surgical masks could face up to fines of a, a, a $110,000. Uh, New South Wales Fair Trading Minister yesterday warned that distributors and traders could be prosecuted if it was suggested that masks offered unrealistic levels of protection from the disease. I'm sure everyone would agree that it is un-Australian to profiteer from people's fears and anxieties, Miss Mayer said. There appears to be some debate about whether surgical masks are able to minimize the effects of SARS. Ms. Mayor said her public would investigate. Or sorry, her uh, Ms. Mayor said her department would investigate any complaints about false mask claims which concern the public. Penalties can range from fines up to twenty-two thousand dollars for an individual or hundred and ten thousand dollars for a corporation. She said. Health authorities all have warned that surgical masks may not be an effective protection against the virus. Those masks are effective. uh, Those masks are only effective so long as they're dry, said Professor Yvonne Kosart of the Department of Infectious Disease at the University of Sydney. As soon as they become saturated with moisture in your breath, they stop doing their job and pass on the droplets. Right. <laughs> you just got yeah. this big old uh, moisture collecting. Moist. Right. Moist. You got super m-
7: moist face
4: mask. Get this moist. Tra- hey, 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 Monty, you got that moist trap on your face? <laughs> Come in, come in, and get a wet one right
7: here, right here <laughs> on my moist mask.
4: I've been, I've been, uh, I've been collecting on it all day just for you. I've been
7: saving it all up. Yeah. Glad you asked.
4: Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been breathing extra hard, making sure it was uh nice and uh nice oh, and wet. Ju-
7: oh, it's not just wet and moist; it's hot. <laughs> it's super
1: hot.
4: <sighs> uh, by the end of this episode, this mic casing thing is going to be like that. <laughs> it's, it's, i don't even know what i'm saying now uh, the professor said that it could take as little as 15 or 20 minutes after which the mask would need to be changed but those warnings just like a diaper but those warnings haven't stopped people snapping up the mask with retailers <laughs> reporting that they are having trouble keeping up with the demand
7: John. No, it's impossible for them to. Shit.
4: <laughs> well, if you're going to have the fucking media come out and be like, oh my God, you're going to die!
7: Yeah, because I've I worked in clean rooms before, and you have to change your PPE every single time you go into a different one. You know? Yeah. Like, every single time. Like, uh, when I was working this, this summer job, just throwing Clorox on the walls and all the equipment and floors and everything, even the ceilings, um, like, I must have changed my mask and all my protective equipment, at least probably 20 to 30 times a day.
4: (laughs) See, this is something I don't understand. Like we've got sharp dispensers, people, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, diabetic folks or other people that need to make injections. You know, we have disposal, disposal containers for those. Where are the disposal bins for masks? You know, if these things are getting saturated by our breaths, Mm-hmm. And everybody's infected to some capacity, according to the PCR. Excuse me, to the PCR tests. Mm-hmm. Why are we just leaving all these little collections of biohazardous time bombs laying around everywhere?
7: Well, we gotta make sure they get to the ocean, and we could share them with Nemo now, and the Great Whites, and the baby penguins, and. God. Oh my God! <laughs> so they can build up their immunity.
4: This is a little bit of a sidetrack. I think I forgot to send it to the group, but uh, people are some folks are about to eat some shit in Florida because uh, someone found a tea where, according to the article headline, someone carved the word Trump into its back.
7: Nice. But
4: when you go to read it, do you want to know the method that they quote unquote? carved or how they quote unquote carved this
7: message oh, one carve
4: they took their finger and wrote trump in the algae
7: <laughs> oh oh Ooh. yeah all right
4: but I mean, <laughs> the way the article sounds out, it makes it sound like they pulled out their you know big dick Bowie knife and they just <laughs> right, right,
7: right, just started chiseling away at their box or the at, at their hide, and they got so much blubber they didn't give a fucker feel it. <laughs>
4: uh, uh, one of these other quotes, I think, uh, going back to these masks, I think they're of marginal benefit in a way they give some people comfort to think who, uh, give some comfort to people who think they're doing as much as they can to prevent this infection. Mm
7: -hmm. Um, it's good to show that you care. It's all in your head, right? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, uh, I need a clip that says the greater good from hot (laughs) Fuzz, Um, which is one of my hands down favorite movies of all time. I don't know if we've ever talked about hot Fuzz, but, The cinematic masterpiece.
7: The leads of the many outweigh the means of the few.
4: (laughs) And, you know, I just, uh, there's conversations where I I think the mask are a perfect example of uh, this slow burn indoctrination of othering people. Because if you, if you aren't wearing a mask that tells somebody everything that you need to know about them, you know, it's like, oh, well, this person's obviously some dumb cuck back clapping Hill fuck that is trying to kill us all, you know. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's too far out of line to say. I, um, certainly feels but, that way, yeah. I don't think it's out of line. So, y'all, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, go to our website, check out this children's health defense. Uh, the mask, the vaccines, you know, these are all just little
7: research you know, studies.
4: Well, no, I, I'm looking at it more so. These are just little ways that they can, you know, further this divide between people.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too. Um, well, knowledge is division, right? <laughs> um,
4: I, I do have one last article, and then uh, maybe we'll look at wrapping it up. This one, this is one that I've been waiting for for a while, and I'm very excited to go through and read this with you. Okay. Um, It's written by John C. Dvorak, who is one of the hosts of No Agenda. And uh, he's on a website called Substack, which looks pretty cool. Um, I'm no writer, but I would like to get back into the habit of doing something. And, you know, even if I can whip up some meaningless drivel, you know, I still think it could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Good practice for a newsletter.
7: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But, uh, we should write a coronavirus story. Yeah, right. Like uh, a romantic comedy.
4: <laughs> wait, hold on. Before we do this, this is, this is something I added last second. Do you know who Azalea Banks is?
7: Of course. Yeah, she's a big uh, Elon Musk, uh, I shouldn't say hater, but she is not a fan of him. Yeah, she makes a lot of uh, brash and sometimes a little out there and radical statements, but yeah. I'm aware of her.
4: Did you have you seen what she, I guess because I, this is the first I had heard of her. But uh, <laughs> the headline to this video is Azalea Banks horrifies Twitter after she digs up her dead cat dash and cooks it.
7: Did she <laughs> really do this or is it just a clickbait title? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
8: Let's see. So this just hurt. happened, look so, Azalea Banks rarely makes headlines for her music these days. Instead, yeah. she typically becomes internet fodder for whatever outrageously controversial thing she said or did. Yeah. 2021 is proven to be no different. On Tuesday, January 12th, Banks horrified her fans when she posted a video of herself digging up her dead cat. That on its own would have warranted the countless what the f**ks that followed, but it's what she did after unearthing the corpse that really pushed people over the edge. She cooked it. In the clip, Azalea continually stirs a boiling pot of water and you can see the carcass until its skull is visible.
4: I'm looking because it's an Instagram video that they're looking at.
7: (laughs) Does it actually look like a cat?
4: Well, she pulls a bag of something out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks like a rather large bag. It's hard to say if uh, if it's a cat or not. If it was a cat, it would be a big fucking cat. And a big fucking cat means it's a Ooh, <laughs> mighty hearty meal. I
7: have a feeling if it was actually a cat, she'd have a big fucking knock on her door from cops and pet lovers and PETA at the very least.
4: Well, I mean, the animal is dead. Um
7: It is. People but, love animals more than they like humans.
4: <laughs> that is true. But the post says Lucifer 2009 to 2020. My dear kitty. Thank you for everything. A legend, an icon forever. A, uh, several forever, a several seer. I don't know, serve. It's hard to read. It's small.
8: She captioned the post, Lucifer, 2009 to 2020. My dear kitty, thank you for everything. A legend, an icon, forever a serval serve. Banks has raised concerns over her mental health in the past. Last August, she sounded the alarm after she shared a series of Instagram posts suggesting that she was feeling suicidal. Yeah, I think I'm done here, she wrote. This pandemic, extreme lack of social interaction, no intimacy, combined with constant public ridicule is making life harder than it's worth. I'm not begging for attention or asking for sympathy slack, empathy. I'm just ready to go. Peacefully, of course, I will document my last times and release a film for you all to finally understand me, from my perspective. I will try my best to finish the project I promised beforehand, with whatever strength I have left." As Banks's name started trending on Twitter, she quickly resurfaced, only to condemn those who were concerned about her, with, "...what is your obsession you does have with my despair? Don't show concern for me when I'm down. That's because I'm down. Support me when I'm up, Support me when I'm feeling good." Needless to say, the Harlem born rapper is trending once again. And these were some of the best reactions that we found. The mice in Azalea Banks' is kitchen watching the cat be made into soup.
4: Straight. <laughs> was the Lakers laughing at something?
8: <laughs> she had
7: mice in her kitchen watching?
4: No, it was, uh, it was a Twitter response. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even. Cat must have died recently. You know? That's a. Uh,
7: so is it fair to say she made wop soup? Hey
4: mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> uh, 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 gross. <laughs> There's some hose in the top.
4: No no no. That's the uh that's actually the dap that you're thinking of, some dead ass pussy. <laughs> Monty, you cut out again. <laughs> Some dap, that would be a show title name. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm sure
7: the, in the right country they'd enjoy some dap soup.
4: Hey, <laughs> some dap soup. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Holy shit! Well, <laughs> getting back to <laughs> some more shit that doesn't make sense. We'll uh we'll do this article and then call it for uh, tonight. I believe. All right. All right. So, John C. Dvorak, Mass Hysteria and COVID-19. How is it possible that the United States of America has about 20% of the world's cases of COVID-19 and a similar share of deaths, but just 4.2% of the world's population? In very compliant and obedient states like California... With the first city shutdown in the country, San Francisco, and constant stay-at-home orders and lockdowns, things are worse than ever. Why? Current reporting now says that it is worse all over the country as 2021 unfolds. How are we worse in the world? How have we not done less? We have, we have not done less precautions than in the EU or South America, Asia, or Africa. In fact, we've done more. More masks, more lockdowns. In populous nations such as Nigeria, both the case count and the death count are so low that racist excuses are used to explain it. These include the idea that the Nigerians are just too lazy to count the dead, uh, New York Times, yet the dead are not piling up in the streets. Uh, So, Actually, let me uh, screen share this with you so you can see some of these graphs with me. Uh, okay. but the first one that he's looking at is uh Ghana there's 40 uh, 54,681 cases mm-hmm. recovered is 53,462 <laughs> and there's been 335 deaths. Uh and then yeah the um the New York Times headline is a continent where the dead are not counted all 54 African countries put together have registered fewer covered COVID deaths than France. That doesn't mean that people aren't dying from the virus. Also, I am shocked that the New York Times would post something racist. Positively shocked.
7: Never happened before in their entire history. There's no (laughs) racism in New York. There's no racism ever in the Northeast.
4: (laughs) It's a beacon of shining lights.
7: Exactly. It's so close to the city of brotherly love. (laughs) I'm
4: going to actually vomit. Other rationales appear to explain how the entire continent of Africa has very few cases of the virus, despite the fact that we are told that Africans and Hispanics get the disease more than whites, apparently not so in Africa or Mexico. A gem that cropped up to explain this was the idea that Neanderthal genes in the white population account for the discrepancy among Africa, Europe, and the U.S., Another argument is that the population of Africa is so much younger and the disease targets the over 60 folks. That might account for some of it, but when you run the numbers, it does not add up. Why and why are the schools shuttered? And uh, this is just, uh, I guess, cities in Nigeria, but... uh, 85,560 cases total recovered at 71,937. And there has been 12,600, uh, 12,067 deaths. Um, another anomal, anom, anom, um, an, anomaly anomaly <laughs> anomaly anomaly is India with a population of over 1 billion, many of whom live in squalor with about four times the population of the U S India has half the cases and deaths. How does that work? China is even more in the clear as it continues to run its manufacturing sector at full capacity. Its virus numbers are near zero. The often cited explanation is that China lies about everything. And looking at uh, India, they've had 10.5 million cases, 10.1 recovered cases, and 151,000 deaths. Uh, United States is 20.2 million cases and 348,000 deaths. You can look at all the data and there is just one explanation for this anomaly and it's an, and it's an extreme one. I, I really resonate with what he's about to say here. Mass hysteria creating mass psychogenic illness and hysterical contagion brought about by lockdowns and media coverage, highlighting and exaggerating the quote pandemic.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: These are real psychological conditions. Uh, Was there any part of that that you just missed?
7: I was reading along, still.
4: Nice. Uh, The public has been frightened to its core, resulting in suicides and public freakouts. Examples abound on the net showing some poor person giving a positive test for COVID-19 and breaking into tears for panicking despite the fact that they felt fine and have no symptoms. This is further compounded by panicky government shutdowns in much of the country at the behest of the state government health departments when the who reports that these uh, lockdowns and stay at home orders won't solve this problem because of the consequences of suicides domestic abuse and murder much of the media refuses to to discuss or promote this and literally promotes lockdowns instead why does it sell that many more newspapers in addition nobody in the media reports any of the findings of this important report linked here which shows that asymptomatic folks who test positive do not transmit the virus. The idea that people are roaming around without symptoms, passing the virus to every oldster they see, is an accepted belief. You can hear that with the uh, fucking Biden during the debates. You know how many families are going to have an empty seat at the dinner table because of uh, because of people not playing along, people not following the rules. <sighs> This apparently false belief is the rationale for these lockdowns. Solid scientific evidence disputing this is not even discussed by the media, government officials, or anyone outside the medical research community. And remember that the people ignoring these facts are the ones moaning and groaning about people who, quote, deny science. What gives? Why isn't the media joyous and demanding an end to the lockdowns? Hysterical contagion has happened a lot over the centuries, With some funny examples, such as the 1962 June bug incident, here's a simple rundown from the Wikipedia. The June bug epidemic serves as a classic example of hysterical contagion. In 62, a mysterious disease that broke out in a dressmaking department of a U.S. textile factory. The symptoms included numbness, nausea, dizziness, and vomiting. Word of a bug in the factory that would bite its victim and cause them to develop the above symptoms quickly spread. Soon, 62 employees developed this mysterious illness, some of which were hospitalized. The news media reported on the case. After research by company physicians and experts from the U.S. Public Health Communicable Disease Center, it was concluded that the case was one of mass hysteria. The researchers believe some workers were bitten by the bug anxiety. Uh, Sorry, were bitten by the bug. Anxiety was probably the cause of the symptoms. No evidence was ever found for a bug which could cause the above flu-like symptoms, nor did all the workers uh, demonstrate bites. Of the 62 employees that reported symptoms, 59 worked in the first shift, 58 worked in the same area, and 50 of the 62 cases occurred in the two consecutive days after the media supposedly, quote, uh, sensationalized the event. Most of the employees who became sick took time off to recuperate. The key to this is the media, quote, sensationalizing, end quote, the event. Imagine if this was all the news there was day after day, week after week, month after month, like we get with the COVID fear coverage. What does constant media bombardment do to a population? Media bombardment was used to create mass hysteria in the U.S. to get us involved in World War I. This was aided by the media, the government, and even Hollywood. And it was a worldwide phenomenon, just like today. Although World War II was a different story, its beginnings in Germany could be attributed to German media bombardment and mass hysteria there. Momentary recent situations, again promoted by the media, told you that the North Koreans were going to send a missile to destroy Hawaii, or that ISIS was coming to get you, uh, got plenty of people concerned. With COVID, there is no other explanation for the major discrepancies from country to country. The nations with the worsening situations have the loudest media sensationalizing the the situation. Find a country that is not influenced by modern Western media and the cases and deaths drop. China's low numbers can be explained by the state control of uh, media coverage. Uh, Sorry, China's low numbers can be explained by the state control of media reporting with calm, not allowing sensationalism. The U.S. and the U.K. in particular have a much more hysterical and freaked out journalist class, prone to exaggerating situations and outright fear-mongering. The severity of the virus from country to country is a reflection of media coverage, not the other way around. This explains how the swine flu during the Obama administration did not get out of hand. The testing and reporting was stopped. This thesis may seem radical to some, but there is no other obvious explanation for the ridiculous U.S. numbers. Every explanation has been shallow or cliched involving racism, wealth gaps, health insurance, or Trump. When this is all over and studied, the truth will come out. The mainstream and corporate media, including most local reporting, has done a disservice to the American public by sensationalizing the pandemic at the expense of serious and honest reporting, and it is literally making people sick. Signed, JCD. Yeah. That's the real fucking illness right there. It's the fucking media.
7: Yeah, that's why I don't watch it every day. Gets you paranoid and scared.
4: And They want to say... Conspiracy theorists are the ones that are filled with fear and anxiety and there's no way that there could be mass cover-ups and collusions.
7: No, no. <laughs> I mean, they're only telling us the truth, the truth that we all deserve and need.
4: He's a good writer. Um, there's some, uh, I, I thought that was a very good article.
7: Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a uh, very objective and, uh, yeah, I didn't feel like it had, like, a uh, theme or agenda to it, I mean.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I know I said that was the last thing, but I g- got to thinking there was something. Maybe I'll uh, uh, show this off a little early. Uh, I, do, I do have it planned in mind for uh, part two of uh, our episode with Sir Seat Sitter, or part three, however he releases it. Yeah. Um, So if you're listening to this, Sir Seat Sitter, don't listen. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. going to take me a second to find out. I remember where the clip was. Okay. Ah, there it is. You ready? Yeah.
3: Joe brought it home from the office. He gave it to Betty and one of his kids and to Betty's mother. But Betty's mother went back to California the next day. On her way to the airport, she gave it to a cab driver a ticket agent, and one of the charming stewardesses. At school, Joe's kid gave it to some other kids, and Mrs. Merrill got it and gave it to her husband. In California, Betty's mother gave it to her best friend, Dottie, but Dottie had a heart condition and she died. But before she died, Dottie gave it to her girlfriend, the mailman, the paper boy, and the vet when she went to pick up her chihuahua.
6: If a swine flu epidemic comes, this is how it could spread. You'll want to be protected, especially if you're elderly or chronically ill. Get a shot of protection. The swine flu shot.
4: I swear to God, that's something I feel like you could easily hear in modern times. And this is from what? When was the swine uh, swine flu? What year was that?
7: Uh, Swine flu? Wasn't it like late 2000s or early
4: 2010s? No, that's... uh See, break. well, that video that video comes from the uh probably 80s. Um, well, okay, I think I saw oh, 2015. 17, yeah, 70, two. or, <laughs> 1776 swine flu outbreak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this looks like this was uh 1976, so that would that would make sense with the quality of video, yeah, yeah, that's it was definitely so 80s. I was thinking maybe early 90s, but. Uh, yeah, I
7: was I was thinking of the outbreak in like the two thousand nine one. I think I saw in your right. search there.
4: Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean that was something that they brought up in that fucking article. You know, they stopped all the testing. They stopped all the coverage. You know, was there piles uh, piles of bodies building up in the streets? No.
7: And nice. it's kind of how it feels out here in Georgia a little bit from time to time. I mean, everyone's obviously still testing and staying at home and social distancing whenever they can. But like, I don't know at the same time, it's also like a big joke because I still see people going out to bars and restaurants and things of that nature. So it's like, it, it feels like we're trying, but not really.
4: (laughs) And I, I just don't see any of this going away anytime soon. But, um, yeah. It's
7: definitely going to be a long time before these, uh, Markets recover, that's for sure. Yeah.
4: Well. Everything's made up, and the points don't matter. Pretty much.
7: <laughs> Indubitably.
4: Uh, we've been trying to do this thing as like a little sign-off. So, state where you're coming from, and who you are, and if you got anything witty to say. Um, I've been blueberry from a mini I wish I had something witty to say, but you am just too fucking tired to.
7: <laughs> I'm Monty. I'm from Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. And I also don't have anything witty to say. I'll have to prepare something for next time. I was, uh, wasn't uh was ready this time around. Hope I'm forgiven on that.
4: <laughs> no forgiveness for you. Uh,
7: oh, man. Hey, uh, Captain America's coming back to the MCU. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my witty thing. Yeah. Chris Evans is going to come back. They're working out a deal. <laughs> oh
4: Jesus. They blew it. Yeah. They could have had yeah. something sweet.
7: I think he probably wants that sweet Disney money again. And oh, yeah. That's about that.
4: Once <laughs> <laughs> they get on the Twitter and fucking called 16 year old kids, fucking racist.
7: <laughs> yeah. When I mean, as depressing as it is out there nowadays, like I don't blame him for wanting to go back to the good times.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, follow us on social media as long as they exist. We haven't really done anything with them, but uh, it's at Behind the Schemes, uh, SCH3M3S. You can email us at Behind the Schemes, SCH3M3S at protonmail.com. Come check out our website, uh, Behind the Schemes, SCH3M3S.com.
7: Feel free to slide in the DMs if you want as well. Too. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Come, uh-
7: <laughs> come, get a voice surgical, a nice moist surgical, hot, masky kiss from us.
4: <laughs> yeah, and you can, uh, you can lock up my chastity cage anytime. Oh, that would have been so much better. I should. Yeah, I think we should title
7: the totally episode that <laughs> your cock is mine. <laughs> no, seriously, I think that's it. Good job.
4: <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
7: All right. Bye, y'all.